Podcast in the world. I had to do it twice just because I felt like it. And today's guest is a guest you've seen before, and you know. Okay, I can do whatever I want. Here. <laughs> and so you see her, so you know what this means. This means getting your finances right. It's tax season, baby. And you know who we call. We can't. We got life insurance out the way first time. Now it's time to get your taxes right. Okay. So the deductibles right. You already know her life story. You already know she's good for it. You know she's legit. I heard her for you. I even may have contacted her. Good for you. Congratulations. I'm happy for you. But if you did it, remember, you can still do that. But today is a different season. It's tax season. The W-2s. Mm-hmm. The 1099s. Mm-hmm. All of that. There's probably way more that I don't know, but she has all the information. So, Dree. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Before we start overall, what are taxes in a very, talk to me like a five-year-old? Yeah, so the government has a lot of programs, and in order to fund them, I mean, not even programs like infrastructure, et cetera, they need our money to pay for it, and so that's why they pull money out of our paychecks in order to pay for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Paychecks and a lot of money we make outside of that, so passive income, et cetera. So think about you get Social Security taken out of your check. Mm -hmm. That's going towards a Social Security fund so that when you're in your 60s, you can pull from that. Um, Social Security has other purposes, but just general. They say we're not going to have that. They say that we're not going to have it, so... That's the whole gripe within millennials. Like, are we paying into something that we won't even have access to? So stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because... That was actually hilarious. Back in the day, they used to have pensions and defined benefit plans. So companies essentially paid for your retirement. So you may know, like, grandparents living off of a pension. And Social Security is the government funding a pension. Now, companies used to fund it. They have 401ks now, which are defined contributions. So That's we know. <laughs> so companies basically getting rid of the, hey, we're going to pay you a certain amount of money in retirement. They say, we're going to just give you some money up front, and it's on you to try to save and plan for retirement. And so what we're finding is a retirement crisis where a lot of people are not saving enough. We don't know how much we need to have saved for retirement. General rule of thumb is however much you have in your investment or your 401k, you can live off of like 4% of that per year. And then the rest of it's supposed to be growing in the market. So you want to have at least like a million or more in your 401k to be able to live off of. So that's one example. And how common is that? What? to For people? A millionaire 401k. 
I would say it's probably not that common just for general America. I don't know the exact stats, but I can get back to you guys on that. But we take a shot, though, because before we get into things, for real, for real, a little history lesson about... That was a little history lesson. (laughs) Listen, we're going to learn about some taxes today, buddies. Yes. Termana. Termana. Shout out, Black Owned. Mm. Went to a birthday party and everybody brought a bottle of Terramana. It was kind of trippy. Mm. I was like, it's the new Casamigos, you know. Mm. I don't know about eh, that. Okay, it was a quick reach. But other things taxes pay for, um, like state, local government taxes, education. So people are able to send their kids to public schools and not have to pay out of pocket because the taxpayers pay for it. Property taxes is another example. You pay property taxes. Um, so property taxes, income taxes, we pay sales taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, so some states don't have income taxes like Texas and Florida. And so as a result, their property taxes are normally more expensive because they don't have the benefit of getting it from the income tax. Uh, because like Delaware don't have sales tax. So exactly. Probably income tax. And Delaware is a state where a lot of people like to start their business because they are really business friendly. So I'm actually curious if they get a lot of money from that, like people setting up their businesses and then that offsets it. But I know Rhode Island They do? Okay. I didn't know that off the top of my head. But I don't know. Why do you know why do you know about Rhode Island? That's entrepreneurship. Okay, okay. I had to write a report on one of the companies and they started the L C out of Rhode Island even though they were based out of Seattle, Washington. Mm, yeah and then like california is hit i was just talking with someone about this their fees are about like if you have a llc or a business or something like that it's 800 dollars a year to pay the annual fee so it's pretty pricey and imagine you have this huge business and you have all these various entities under it so th- exactly so then it's like you end up paying if you have 15 mm. you will have to pay that times 800 dollars. so <laughs> it gets up there yeah. yeah yeah fun facts but a lot of people have houses in las vegas that live in california because the taxes offset mm, okay yeah so what is your role in tax season how do you play a part for helping us get our taxes done yeah so i used to work in the tax space so have the knowledge there so i could talk very high level and detailed about what the tax return looks like, the different schedules, forms, because that's what I used to do. Now, prayerfully, I am out of that space and I don't have to deal with tax season. Um, It was just such a grind where you're working nonstop from January through April and then again from August through October. And everyone's trying to do things last minute. Of course, a lot of people get their W-2s and stuff. And if you have a pretty simple situation, you get your W-2, you file it, get your money back or you pay the government. But then when there are more forms involved, that's when it gets a little bit more complex. And what are these things? There are so many different forms. And I could just talk about let's my... St- let's start basic. Start us with the most basic of tax forms and like tax returns. Okay. 1040 easy it's like hey it's the the form 1040 i can really get into the weeds about it but it's one form 1040 is just your standard individual income tax return that's the one that everyone is supposed to file if you have some sort of income over a certain threshold 
Now, if your situation is not complex and you make a certain amount, you can do the easy and it's just a smaller form. But the 1040 has this whole form and you've probably seen it. It's the first page and it has all your income like W-2 and schedule. And then it has all these schedules that go under it. So you have like a schedule one that's underlying and they change. They recently did an overhaul of it. So it actually does look a little bit different. And then you have your schedule A, which is your itemized deductions. And so that's if you pretty common for people who own a home when you're talking about deducting your mortgage interest and your property taxes and you're able to deduct your income tax, state income taxes that you pay to your state. So if you're in a high state area like California or New York, you typically pay a lot in state taxes and you can deduct it. However, with the recent um, tax act that the tax laws and job tax cuts and jobs act, whichever one happened back then, they changed it so that you could only deduct 10,000. So people in the high tax areas were quite pissed about it. So other things that go on there are it use well charitable contributions. So if you tie to your church, you can deduct that on there, and it has to add up to more than what your standard deduction is. Now I don't know the standard deduction off the top of my head because I haven't been crunching tax returns, but to generally I think they doubled it recently. So it was like it used to be a standard deduction and then an exemption, but now it's about twelve thousand or more, some somewhere like that. So but that's if how you, much I gotta get to the church. Yeah. Plus your property taxes, plus your interest that you pay. So I'm supposed to give that. I just want to know how much I'm supposed to get to the church before I can get a deduction. That's really what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, so when you look at the Schedule A and add up all that stuff, like Uh, state income taxes that you paid and (laughs) your real estate taxes you paid and your mortgage interest that you get from your 1098, (laughs) then that's when you say, like, if it's below the standard deduction, you're like, all right, I should maybe donate another thousand dollars to make me be able to take advantage of the schedule a got you see this is the type of information mother they don't, they don't tell you about this All right. yeah yeah give a church a little bit that's kind of nasty how the church is how the church is getting away with that yeah yeah, or 501c3 or goodwill you could give um donate stuff to goodwill so that's the schedule a and then you have a Schedule B, which is your interest and dividend income. Okay. And so if you have a high-yield savings account, you might get an interest statement from that, the 1099 interest. And what that does is just say, like, hey, I have my money sitting in this bank account, and I made money on it. Now I have to report it to the IRS. Um, same thing for dividends. Like, if you had money invested in the stock market, you probably had some dividends, and then you have to put that on there and report it. Um, as I go into the schedules, I'm like, the Schedule C, this is for our entrepreneurs, our business owners. This schedule is where you're reporting. <laughs> yeah, this is where you put all your um, income and expenses from your business. And typically, if you're a sole proprietor, which means that you're the only person who owns the business, then you can report on your individual return. I hope they don't got an LLC and don't know what sole proprietor is. Listen, I, I, I don't know. I don't make assumptions, but that's a good point. So Schedule C is Dude. where you're doing that. <laughs> All right, Schedule D, that's going to be the one where you're looking at your capital gains. So this is really big for stocks and stuff like that. So if you do Robinhood trading, you might have gotten your 1099. And if you sold stock during the year, they're going to have a schedule and you have to put it on there and add up how much money you made or lost. 
And then you have a Schedule E, which is real estate. So for all my real estate investors who may be renting out a home or Airbnb, this is where you put your income and expenses from that. So a lot of schedules, they all go on your 1040. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, we can keep talking. Like, there's so many schedules on the tax return. I don't want to bore people. No. So I just want to know, like, yeah, yeah, because I think there's, a there's like, um, there's general tax information and there's what you're doing now, which is going a little bit further in depth. Um, so is this is it just that one form? So, like, I know you said, like, over a certain amount. Is it, like, threshold? Like, do you know the threshold, like, not off the top, but like, can you kind of like give us a broad range of what it was? For when you were working, when how much you have to make for the basic ten? Four. Oh, the standard deduction. I think it was like fourteen. I mean, we have phones though, right? Can I grab it on my phone? Or something? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm just curious because like, um, wherever I just put you know, for for other for people uh. who are just like, so like, um, as a person who's filed taxes, do you suggest? that people go actually find someone to do the taxes for them or is it going through TurboTax and all that just find it Andy? Yeah, so if your tax situation is pretty simple, like just W-2, you could probably use TurboTax. It's when you're a business owner that it gets more complex and you need someone to look and see what deduction you can take on the Schedule C, like a home office deduction or unique deductions for me i'm a business owner so the deductions i'm able to take are a little bit more complicated than the regular one so it's like i can deduct business meals and advertising expenses for example in travel right so if i do business travel i could deduct the cost of the hotel or the ubers that i'm taking there as long as i'm doing it for a business trip exactly oh wait is there as someone who's prepared taxes and things of that okay. nature. For, yeah, so the standard deduction in 2021 was $12,550. And when we say that, what does that exactly mean when you say the standard deduction? So when you get your W-2, so we'll use a, like, this is pretty ballpark for most people. Like, you get a W-2 and say it's for 100000 then that ends up being your line one income. And then it become if you don't have anything else going on on your tax return, like no interest, dividends, capital gains, real estate, business, that's going to be your adjusted gross income. So from there, they take that 100000 and then they say, well, we'll give you a little discount and give you a deduction on that income for what you're reporting to the IRS. So that's going to be the standard deduction. So if you're single... It's twelve thousand five hundred fifty, and so basically we'll just do a hundred thousand minus the twelve thousand five hundred fifty. So then you don't actually pay taxes on a hundred thousand of your income. It's only um, eighty-eight. Yeah, 000, exactly. Whatever. Exactly. Eighty-seven thousand five hundred. Yeah, and then there are other deductions, and they typically goes into like what's your taxable income, and from your taxable income, that's how you figure out your tax. So. Gotcha. Yeah, so, um, and even for your W-2 income, if you're contributing to your 401k pre-tax and you have that deduction, say you're um, making 100000 and then take out 6%, so you're really doing, what, 94000 So your 94000 is what shows up on your um, tax return. Mm. And then you do 94000 minus 12000 so your tax liability is even less. 
And that's the number that they're using when they're doing like stimulus checks. So some people might say like, oh, my salary is a hundred thousand and I got a stimulus check. Why is that? It's like, did you pay into your pre-tax 401k? They're using the standard deduction. So that's all that's going into it to figure out your stimulus checks, et cetera, et cetera. So So some of these people could have gotten a stimulus check for business. Yeah. Oh, and oh, important for this year, they have a charitable contributions on the form 1040. So we said the W-2, then you have the standard. So that's your adjusted gross income, the standard deduction, which is at 12,550. Now for the charitable contributions, they were letting people do it on the first page of the tax return when normally you had to do it on the Schedule A. Mm -hmm. So you could do up to $300. And so you could reduce your tax liability another $300 dollar for dollar on the first page. And then that's when you get to, so they do charitable contributions and then qualified business income deduction. So that's for business owners. It's like 20% of your business income you get to deduct from your income. So very favorable that Republicans did for the tax code, so to encourage people to have businesses. And then that's when you get your taxable income and then your tax is based off of that. And then you see child tax credits, et cetera, et cetera, and self-employment taxes. How much that child tax credit? I know niggas be trying to eat that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So since I don't have children, I'm not too well-versed in it, but I know they were, like, giving people advance payments of what they normally get. <laughs> and so you have to basically report it and say, hey, I got child tax credits throughout the year in advance, so I can't get the same amount I've been getting on my tax return. And then that's when you get to your tax amount. And typically, people already have taxes taken out of their W-2. So say you had the amount of taxes. Say you owe like 5000 in taxes. If you got $5,500 taken out on your W-2, that's how you get a $500 refund because you've already paid the taxes that you owe um, based on the calculation, and then they give you your money back. And in the reverse, if you paid 5000 but you owe 7000 that's how you owe the IRS. Two thousand. Mm-hmm. So that's how it works. That's a doozy. Yeah. Well, what, who do you oh, use for your taxes? Um, I go. I go to a person. Mm-hmm. A person. There's just a lot going on, but it's it's chill. It's a lot going on. I like that. It's what do you mean, like that? It's a lot going on. Is that what you normally do? Okay. Like last year, I think. Yeah, when I worked for the accounting firm, I used to do it myself on our software. We were able to use our work software for it. So now I have to figure out. But I can do my own taxes, essentially, because I have the knowledge. So it's just a matter of figuring out a platform so that I can e-file it instead of having to mail it in. Because mailing it in is such a clusterfuck oh. for the IRS. They're backlogged. They're like, just e-file your stuff, and then we can give you a direct deposit. So let's talk about that. Uh, what is that process? Who? IRS. They're underfunded? Now, I was going to ask you as far as filing, because you said the thing about um, doing it electronically, not. Um, what are the different, or how many methods are there, and why do you say don't go? 
Well, you can mail your tax return in. Not everyone has access to the e-file system or the internet, but it's paper mail, so you're sending it to the IRS PO box or wherever they their mailing center, and then someone actually has to go through and open it versus it going through their online internal system. And so just the fact that they have less manpower when you e-file, I'm sure it probably goes through a computer and then it's doing some audits just off the bat, like checks and balances. And the IRS actually has these tax transcripts. You can go on there. You can go on the IRS website and just put in your information, make an account, and find your tax transcripts. So even if you don't get your W-2 or your 1099 interest, all these companies report it to the IRS. So you can go on there and see all the income that should be reported on your tax return. Yeah. You said something about you filing it, you being able to file your tax yourself. What like? Um, but you. Yeah, yeah. Is that available to all citizens, or is it just because you work in the finance field? It was because I was working for that firm. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, and I was able to file it using their system. So let's say I'm a regular civilian. I'm like, I don't want none of you big company people in my business, but I want to, but I want to file my taxes electronically. And I don't want to maybe go through. Is there a way? Is there um, like an Excel thing? How do is or I just no. Nah. Yeah, no. I'm just like if you don't want to go through like a business, which is like a TurboTax or H and R block, H and R block. Because even people who own accounting firms and do taxes, you have to have more than at least ten clients in order to be able to e file. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So ten is the minimum. Mm-hmm. And that's federally, don't matter what state, just you got to have 10 clients. Actually, that's a good question. I don't know. I just know that general rule of thumb and it's like I'm in these CPA Facebook groups and they talk about it like, hey, we got to have at least 10 clients in order to e-file or have that capability through the IRS. And then the state level is a whole other animal because the state's normally taking your federal taxable income and then doing their own adjustments on that. So... Taxes can get complicated for a litany of reasons. People move from place to place. People mm-hmm. get different jobs. People work out of state or live in a different state. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, how do you sort of rectify that or try to help people navigate that? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I need a more concrete example. Um, so I was at, I moved from New York okay. to Maryland yeah. in the middle of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So mm-hmm. how would, like, my taxes work as far as, like, filing, like, in New York, in Maryland, things of that nature? And, like, when you when people come to you, is that something you're like, all right, we this is the game plan? Or, like, do they have to kind of work you through it? How does that work from the CPA mm-hmm. to the client? Yeah, so generally what we would do is... And this is not official tax advice. I guess I have to put that disclaimer out there. But It's not official tax <laughs> advice. Generally, what we would do is say, what's the timeline? And I can use myself as an example, right? Because I moved from Georgia to Maryland this year. However, my W-2 is Georgia because I'm still contracted out of Georgia until, well, I switched my contract over on January 1st. So the whole 2021, I had my W-2. Mm-hmm. So... So I'm a statutory employee, so that has other logistics to it where I don't get a salary or anything like that, but I do get have Medicare and Social Security taxes paid on my behalf. 
So I do, I am an entrepreneur, but that's why I have a W-2, just a disclaimer. Anyway, basically, you would have to say, when did you make your move? And then allocate the taxes that way. So for me, I have to establish when my residency was Maryland, when I'm doing my taxes. So it doesn't matter on the federal level, but it's more so on the state level. Because Georgia's going to say, well, you have your W-2 here, you've worked here, we want our money. And then Maryland's like, well, she established residency here, we need to have our money. And so basically, exactly. So for me, it's like, all right, so when did I sell my place in Atlanta? And that's going to be my hard line of, okay, September is when I officially became a Maryland resident. And so from there, all the money that I made at the beginning of the year before September is going to be allocated to Georgia. And then the money that I made when I moved to Maryland is going to be my Maryland income. And so same thing for any investments I have. Like if any transactions happen at the end of the year, it's going to be considered Maryland income because I was living in Maryland. So thinking about like if you sold stocks or something like that, just a general. So I think those are the main things. Um, what about like life? Because we talked about the children, the tax. You say you don't really delve too much because you don't have kids. But like, what are other like we talked about buying a house? Um, but like getting married, are there other like life things that one should maybe think of or can be part of maybe their tax situation? You said battery change. Oh, yeah. oh okay. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not boring people because I'm like taxes seems so boring, guys. But is it informative? Yeah, buddy. In the life insurance one, it was informative. Yeah. Hmm. Why? Oh, because you got a lot of investments and you get the capital gain distributions and the dividends, and you'd be like, I don't even see this money, and I still got to pay taxes on it. See, that's really the glow of like when you start getting a whole bunch of 1099s. I'm definitely a 1099. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I, I like that you brought up marriage because a yes. fun fact is if you get married anytime during the year, then you have to file as married filing jointly. So, if you get married December 31st, at the end of the year, the whole tax year, you'll be considered married. And so then have what? to, yeah. That's all right. Yeah. That's all right. And normally the taxes are more advantageous when you are married filing jointly because the deductions are basically doubled and it's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into it. So definitely advantageous on that front. Sometimes people keep their finances separate from their spouse and they'll do married filing separately. I've run some, uh, what is it called? I've run some, like, not illustrations, but scenarios where a couple was doing married filing jointly, and they were like, well, maybe we should do married filing separately for student loans, and the tax differential was, like, $10,000 if they, so they definitely want you to file married filing jointly. Just, you get to take advantage of more of the tax um, advantages. Wow. You get to take advantage. Hmm? I know tongue-tied so we talked about marriage children houses is there any other sort of personal things that one can happen in their life and that we don't really think of but boom tax deduction Uh, student loan uh, student loans Hmm? 
We didn't really need Okay, well, let's talk children. Child, the child tax credit, and then there's a dependent care credit. I don't even know if that's the same thing, if I'm being quite honest. But people get additional um, money back, credits, et cetera, for having children. And then when you have your tax return, if you're able to claim dependents, you get more money on your tax return as well. So that's a benefit. That's what people, that's why people are like, oh, what's your kid's, um, what's your kid's social security number? I'm going to claim them on my taxes because generally you get more deductions, et cetera, to your taxes for that reason. Uh, what's another thing? I don't really know too much about the kids, guys. To be I mean, honest. I, I'm like, I just kind I'm of. I'm just curious <laughs> because we're just kind of, you know, doing scenarios. What happens when like maybe the kid is for up for grabs. What I mean, the kid is up for grabs. Like, not one, both parents want to claim a kid. Like and you file one year, I file the next. I've seen or that. Or stuff like that. Or People like, will file we, every other year. Like, I get the kid one year, oh, you get so, the next. So there's no, there's no way, like, we can both, we can both be like, hey, we want to claim the kid this year. Like, that's. Nah, nah, it's like, it has to go on one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're married, right. then it's going to be all on your. Yeah, it's going to be a joint. Well, someone's going to have to pick. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's a wild concept. Damn. How much is the tax kid? How much is the kid tax credit? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> it's three k. My guy on mad. Give or take. Okay. Per kid. I'm glad someone in the room knows. No, she said that, and she said that you have to um, report how much they upfunded you during the year. Isn't it just like the unemployment? They said on your taxes, you got to report how much they gave you for it. But when the first little tidbit came out, it was just like, either you want to get it up front or you're just going to get it taxed out. Not taxes. Like, they already know you decided to not get or you got it. So it's like, again, I'll see that. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. I I guess it'll be too personal to ask you what's your play because you get like what three thousand a kid, so that ends up being like six. six. I'll take the money and you put it in your account. So okay. Popular. I would never be popular if I had some kids. Fuck that. Give me that. I need that. Yeah. Is so, there anything else that they uh, student loan deduction? Normally, you could deduct it if you make under a certain amount. A lot of people don't make under that amount. Well. That's a lie. I would say in my network because I'm from the illustrious Prince George's County, where you know people are high earners. <laughs> uh, so a lot of people aren't able to do that student loan deduction. Actually, we could go to the Schedule One and see what are some of the other common ones because I was on the 1040 um, capital lo- capital capital losses. So if you sell stocks and you lose money, mm-hmm. which so right now the stock market's down yeah. and everybody's been talking about it. Don't encourage you to pull your money out while it's down, but if you do, it's a buying time if you go to the market. It is. It's the it's everything's on sale right now, right? So it's like go ahead and get in, especially if you want to be in there for the long term. Again, not investment advice. But <laughs> generally you can deduct up to three thousand of your capital losses <laughs> on your 
tax return. So say I buy Tesla and I lost like $5,000 on Tesla. I can only deduct 3000 of that against my capital gains on my tax return. And then the other 2000 are carried forward to the next year. Um, so yeah, let's go to the schedule one and just go through that to see what some of the common ones are. So Sometimes they include additional income on your tax return, like if you got a tax refund the year before. Um, if you get alimony, mm. they include that. Your schedule C goes on here, your rental income. Yeah. So. And then on the reverse, if you pay alimony, you get to deduct it. <laughs> Come on, Let's fellas. Shout out to the white man. Yeah, they have other income on here. So cancellation of debt is another one. So like if you get... Um, student student loans like charged off that sometimes will go on your tax return. Okay. Um, jury duty pay is on here. Mm. Um, gambling income, so you're supposed to report your gambling income if you go to MGM. Yeah. You hear that? <laughs> All my friends who frequent some places that I won't pull up their name because I want them to get in when trouble. I think in Maryland, it's over ten thousand. See, that's the whole thing. The IRS is generally, it's like the whole 1099 where you're supposed to report if you get paid over $600. So people be like, all right, pay me like $500. But you're really supposed to report everything to generally speaking. And then other deductions you can have are um, if you are self-employed and have your own retirement plans, you could deduct that on your tax return. Um, health savings accounts, you can deduct that on your tax return. Yeah, they definitely ask you about your how much you pay to your health insurance this year. Mm-hmm. And then that was something they added back with Obamacare where they were penalizing people for not having, having yeah. health insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Damn, I forgot. Health insurance is definitely one. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the first three questions they asked Mm-hmm. And it's like you can get a penalty if you don't have it. And then they had a whole send out a whole form to prove that you had it all during the year, which I think that they were trying to do to eliminate a lot of the medical debt people had because it was just like if you go to the hospital and you don't have insurance, it's going to be stupid, and then you have all this medical debt that you have to pay. So they were trying to mitigate that risk. Mm-hmm. No, no, but on your credit report, yeah. So... Bringing up credit report, how does credit report and taxes, do they play into any part? Do they tie in? Can you, um, we've been talking about deductions, is there any way you can use credit debt? Any, like, finesse that on your taxes? Or, well, no? Yes? No, can't no. really finesse the credit. I'm actually interested, I'm not sure off the top of my head with the, like, People who owe the IRS and have payment plans. I'm not really sure if that affects the credit. I would assume so, but I'm actually not sure. I know they can take you to court for it and garnish your wages, et cetera, but I'm not sure if that shows up on your credit. They just you to court before they garnish your wages, or they send you a jump and be like, you can go to court this day. Honestly, I don't know the process. <laughs> Listen, look at me being transparent today and saying, like, I don't know some of the things that we're talking about, yeah, but. I'm curious about the, the the nasty work portion of taxes. Like, oh, I can't talk about that on here. Why not? Not like, not like, <laughs> not where you play a part. No, no, not like, like finessing. Not like finessing, but like yeah, like the actual process of like. Oh, what I've seen before. 
<laughs> okay, sure. Like, yeah. you know we didn't ask for all that. I just want to know, for example, like <laughs> when people do like lie on their taxes, for example, what is the the likelihood of like getting caught when people um, maybe get like a higher refund than they're supposed to? What what ways are they doing that? Like that's that, that's the kind of work I'm talking about. If I worked for the IRS, I probably would know more what's flagged for audit. Mm. I've heard the earned income tax credit, but you have to make like a really low amount to get the earned. Not a really well. It's a threshold where you have to make a certain amount to get the earned income tax credit. Yeah, I was trying to be like politically correct. I don't know. What do you mean the IRS says these numbers? This is not you. You you didn't you didn't decide what the earned income tax credit was. Like I know you want to be I don't want to be me to people yeah. like that wasn't true. It was the, it's, it's government. Like it's 12 because DC has such like they had some about it and they was talking about it recently. Oh Okay. I'm like, the reason why he's probably very much so right, the IRS says poverty for a family of four is like 30K. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking a, divide that by four, by four you're mm-hmm. getting around like nine to 12K. Exactly. So, like, yeah, he's probably, he's probably, he's probably, he's probably right. Okay. So let's work with that. That's fair. So people who were claiming that, I think, more susceptible to audit. And then. Y'all nasty work, IRS. I'm trying to know that. <laughs> Very nasty people. That's a funny ticket, bro. Like, without the states, they'd be worried about niggas making 60 50 things. Yeah. The big corporations definitely probably going after that more. I was reading an article today, and they were saying that people think a home office deduction will make them more susceptible to an audit, but apparently that was debunked. Especially now, because a lot more people are working from home, and so it's like for me as a business owner, I use I have a home office, and so I just have to measure out what square footage that is compared to my entire space, and I'm able to deduct utilities. If I buy a new desk for the office, I could deduct that on my taxes. Um, what else? Like mortgage interest, etc. Things that are going into what I'm paying for my home essentially able to deduct that on my taxes as a home office expense as long as it's solely used for my home office so the way they're trying to get around it is like hey if you're if you have a home office but it's actually your bedroom then you're not able to use it but that's assuming the irs is going to go into your home and like actually like point and look at it so in the state of maryland what's the square footage for you to claim that as office there's no no square footage it's like it is what it it is what it is like yeah like whatever your home office is is what it is yeah it is they gonna tell someone what they what the you gotta be this like yeah like like, they have like a twenty thousand square foot home and their office is like the whole left wing yeah that's what i'm just saying i don't know how the government could tell someone that it just doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense because it's like who knows Mm because like you got retail space and then you got Square footage definitely plays a part in that. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm curious paying taxes. So, like, how do they decide the number that you're going to, like, pay? And I'm not talking, talking about the government. I'm talking about when you pay somebody to do taxes or, like, you pay TurboTax. Like, how do they decide that number? TurboTax, I think they 
Is it a flat number? I don't know. Yeah, I think TurboTax typically lets you file for free, but then you pay for the software, right? So you can go in Costco and buy TurboTax for business owners or something like that. But the standard W-2 TurboTax. Yes. And it's like a simple W-2 or whatever. You just put the information in, blah, blah, blah. They calculate it, give it back to you, whatever. You good to go. State and federal. But if you got like other deductions where it's like stocks and home and all that other shit, you definitely got to pay for that service. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like Mm -hmm. a service fee. Yeah, for sure. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So you want the experts to look at it? I can't with the. Like, <laughs> no, they're, they're like, they're like, they're like, so, do you happen to know what like the most expensive tier is, just um, off the I top? Would, so I think the, the middle zone is one thirty nine last year. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I remember. And I know it was like you said, it's free. The experts were like one thirty nine, and it's like another level above, above that. that. Yeah, it was like. Probably, some shit like that. probably somewhere around the 258. Yeah. So I'm curious when people, and this is just for the, because I'm worried about the consumer. I'm not really worried about the other people because we are consumers. When they are paying to have someone do their taxes, what is it, an egregious number, at least in your opinion? Once again, this is not financial advice. Mm-hmm. But what's an egregious number? Someone was like, yo, my grandmother says she's doing my taxes for $500. You're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. what's the number that you're just like, okay, that doesn't make no sense to me? I actually don't know because because when I was working for the firm, Mm -hmm. they would charge people crazy amounts for the taxes. So, well, no crazy, but just a ball like a a range. I can't even think at the top. I can't even think. I I remember seeing. I used to have to invoice people, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't remember what it was. But they would charge like a simple W two for a kid. And I was just like, oh, that's a little high, but it is what it is because they're doing all their other stuff, too. So it's just like you're doing my C corporation or S corporation tax or my 1065 for my partnership. You're going to do my individual on top of that. And then you're also going to do my kids. And they just throw that in on top of it. So that's when it really makes sense, right? Because they're like, we're not just having someone come in and say like, hey, can you do my tax return for my individuals? They're like, no, you got to have a business. Yeah, so they're like, you got to do. Oh, so that's a little different in that aspect because it's a lot more going on. Yeah. All right, we'll do the turbo tax. Like 5,000 is wild. Like I definitely say like (laughs) 5,000, but I just don't know. Um. For like a simple tax situation, that's like you should be able to file on trouble tax for like if it's just W two. Well, you like all right, let's say you 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 maybe just had your first child, or you bought your first house, or you just got married. Something that requires a little bit more than just hey, I'm just gonna check all these boxes on. Uh, that's what I'm saying for yeah. that person who yeah yeah. Well, maybe someone who has a little bit more deductions along with... Like somebody that gambles. I can see how it can make someone feel uncomfortable doing that because I know like when you're able to, like when you buy a house, you can deduct points on your tax return and you're starting to do the mortgage interest and the property taxes. But if you're not aware of all this stuff, you're like, all right, I want to make sure it's done right so I could see why you would go to somebody. I can put eyes on it and see if it's right on my end, but... If you don't know, it could be helpful to just go to someone who actually knows what they're doing. 
and explain all the things that are happening. Like, hey, here's your Schedule A. So remember, you bought your house. You pay. You bought it in September, so you didn't pay that much mortgage interest or your property taxes. The prior owner paid for it, so this is why you're not doing the Schedule A this year. So next year, you'll have 12 years of mortgage interest, and you'll pay all your property taxes. So then we'll take advantage of the Schedule A, stuff like that. Hmm. See, that's for in your once again not financial advice but in your opinion <laughs> where does does it is it income is it sort of how complicated your taxes where does it fall where you maybe need to go get oh, advice from somebody definitely complications income is like if you get a if you have a w-2 and you made three million and that's all the stuff that you had going on it's like they just plugged one number and then figured it out. So that's not complicated. But then I also assume if you're making $3 million that you probably have other things going on. Yeah. Especially with a W. So, it's, so it's truly, in your opinion, just about the complication of the actual taxes. Mm-hmm. And complications are subjective, but definitely business owners that gets a little bit more complex like the vehicle deductions like mileage that's like who who's keeping track of mileage and stuff like that or you need someone to help you yeah yeah but even as a business owner if you are driving for business purposes you can deduct that mileage Mm -hmm. so for me if i'm driving to a client meeting i can deduct that mileage if you drove here to come talk to us about this is advertising and marketing yes and this is advertising. <laughs> no, um, this is um, business meals, business meals. Like this, and where's the Terramana? But, oh, okay, business meals. I mean, alcohol is really, like, that's kind of murky. So you could say this meals and entertainment, but alcohol could be considered meal. So, like, if. Or business exactly. Because are we talking about finances? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Promotion and marketing services. Yeah. So. I am. This is. I. I it's. You said it. You said it before. But this is actually kind of more interesting to me. How do you get not get away? But at what point are you like, hmm? I can't do that because, like, we just talked. Like you said, alcohol could be entertainment, could be food. Yeah. Like, when do you decide? Like, hey, that meal. For example, let's say we went to go get a meal after this, and we continue to talk about what we had talked about here. When do we decide that it is just a a friendly meal versus a business meal? Are these decisions that one has to make or is it just subjective? Um, as long as you talk about business at the <laughs> meal. That's at any you, point. You, you get, yeah, so it's like, oh, and so, okay, so I was with my clients and we went to Jasper's just as an example and <laughs> we talked about insurance and now this is a business expense. That's helpful. Yeah, if you own a business. So if your W 2 can't do that, so that's why people are like, you get a business. <laughs> nasty work. Nasty, very nasty work. Uh, the government been doing it forever. So what I saw at my previous job was we were getting people's bank statements and credit card statements. And we had to cipher through that. And literally, like, they would just be going through. Mm-hmm to actually let me not say this is my previous job i don't want to put people on blast or anything like that but maybe i heard about a thing right yeah we're playing with their clients (laughs) no no this is strictly white so yeah so not no whatever the white equivalent but it's just like yeah you go i mean you're just doing your weekly lunch meetings or 
I'm just going to run to Chipotle real quick. That's on the that's on there. But also, I'm going to Miami and going to the Fontaine, La Fontaine Blue. Like that's also on there too. So as long as you talk business, it works. You have to have the receipt. Um, so so here's the rule of thumb: like you want to make sure you have the receipt and you want to write down like who you went to dinner with and what you all talked about. So if the IRS asks you for that, you can have it at your disposal. I did that. Oh, okay. So you were like auditing, basically, like doing internal controls. Okay. Okay. Speaking about audits, how does one um, deal with an audit when it comes their way? <sighs> that that's a loaded question. That's why uh, I'm asking the expert. Uh, oof. One that audited. I guess you're supposed to, well, I didn't, so I didn't audit. Oh. So I was working for the companies and then it was like, a, it was always a huge deal if the IRS picked you to get audited. That's what I would think, right? And it's like, all right, they're going to tap you on the shoulder and like, hey, show us that your stuff is right. And it's like, oh shit, like I got to get my shit together and make sure my shit is tight. No one wants to be audited. Like that's terrible. Yeah. But, um, have your stuff in order. Don't lie. So that's the whole thing. Like, don't lie on your tax return. So that's my whole thing. Like, don't lie on it because then it could come back to bite you. Wanting to make sure that you're not being egregious with the stuff that you're writing on. Like, sometimes I saw business owners who would, um, if they have so many assets, like fixed assets is the, um, like assets you own, whether that be like real property or cars or like if you own a restaurant, your property is going to be like the building, all the stuff in it, like chairs are going to be accounted for, tables, registered, et cetera. That all goes into your fixed assets. Now, say, imagine you're a franchise owner. You're like, all right, well, I just bought this nice Porsche. I'm going to throw that in there. And it can happen because it's like if you have like, a thousand assets in one year that are coming in it's like who's gonna notice the porsche but <laughs> the, but, but i don't know but, but if your assets cross a porsche mm. i will notice a porsche but but here's the thing like if they I'm could a good they could do like a million in assets a year like small businesses you'll be surprised like they're really not that small they could do well, a billion and um, yeah Oh, they're probably, I don't even know how many, their fixed assets are probably, I know they have a team for that. Ridiculous. For their they fixed assets. They own property, they own warehouses, they own trucks. The trucks, yeah. like just, just think about trucks. Trucks be like 50,000, well, regular trucks be 50,000. I don't know how much those Amazon <laughs> sprinters cost, but. The ones around here are, are still on gas. And San Francisco, New York, um, and certain other states, they have EVs. So those range between 60 and 85,000 yeah. technology within the truck right? so who's gonna notice a Porsche like or a Lambo I'm just a Lambo might be loud, but a Porsche depending on the EV Porsche costs more than the Lambo yeah and so those kind of things get deducted on taxes for the business if you have an electrical electrical vehicle there is a credit Virginia uh, California where else Georgia I think had Georgia? it where you get a tax credit yeah, for it you get a tax credit for that yeah, a Tesla, get the little nice little Tessie, and then you are able to do Tesla's on back order, and they are being recalled. So if you want to buy a Tesla from the great people of Canada, you can leave a Muslim labor. By all means, be a thing. Wow, he 
just hit me. I did not know that was going on. Wow. Yeah, a lot of companies are doing that, but that's another episode, man. Continue. Okay. Well, it's up to y'all. Do you do corporate taxes, or you just stay with the personal? Uh, yeah. No. So what I was just talking about was businesses. Okay. Yeah. So all those fixed assets, and then the business owner can throw their personal vehicle on there. That sounds really shady. Right? I'm about to say that isn't okay, but hey. I don't like this. It makes me feel exposed. Listen, <laughs> taxes are a shady business. That's how they got by Guy Wesley. Oh, one of my favorite tax stories Total. is about the retirement accounts. And yes, talk about it. So, people, we know the pre tax 401k, the Roth 401k has been introduced, mm-hmm. but the Roth traditional and Roth IRAs. So people are like, well, what's an IRA? If your job, this is, so 401ks are, hey, I work here. We don't have pensions, but so that you think you're getting something, we're going to give you a 401k. We're going to match you. And the matches be shitty most of the time. Like, 0.2%. Yeah, they're like, we're going to give you 0.2% if you put in like 1%. It's just like, so y'all not giving me shit. So basically, I see a lot of 401k stuff because of what I do and just ask people like, what are your benefits? And I think Microsoft probably has the best one because they're like, they match up to the maximums Mm -hmm. that you put in, which is 20500 but that's neither he, he neither here or there nor there. Um, what's my train of thought? That, that works out for one k. That works out for the employees too. So they put in some as they get like taxable. Yeah. Taxable yeah. So retirement accounts. Yeah. So the TS. I'll use the TSP as examples. So the federal government's four hundred one k is called the TSP. If you put in five percent, they put in five percent. So they match you dollar for dollar. So if you're not putting in five percent then you're losing out on free money essentially because you can take that money that you get people are like okay well i put that money into the tsp i'm not going to stay here forever but you can take that money with you when you leave and roll it into an ira so the ira is something that you create on your own so you could go to fidelity or charles schwab or northwestern mutual um or northwestern mutual and create an ira which is an individual retirement account well, so here's the thing. So it's more expensive to do with Northwestern Mutual. So a lot of times I'll say like, hey, for general public, it's more inexpensive to do it with your regular brokerage account. So if someone wants to do it on their own, Charles Schwab, Fidelity, Vanguard. But if they want to do it with me, we can do Northwestern Mutual and do a Roth IRA with them. Once again, not financial advice. <laughs> so... Okay, so I'm trying to get my train of thought together. The Roth IRA is, you can only put $6,000 a year into it, into that or a traditional. The rollover IRAs are normally like, I had a 401k, I left my job, I'm putting it in a rollover. So you can put an unlimited amount in because it's literally coming from somewhere else that you've been contributing. And if you have your bank account and you say, I wanna put money in a Roth, they're like, all right, you can only put 6,000. And the reason why is because the IRS wants their money. And I'll use an example of Peter Thiel, who is a founder of PayPal. And he had a Roth IRA when it was founded. And he decided that he wanted to take some of his founder's shares and buy them. But he bought them in the Roth IRA. In the Roth IRA, if you put your money in the Roth IRA and it's after tax, because it's coming from your bank account, which has been taxed already out of your paycheck, 
when you get into retirement, you don't have to pay taxes on it. So he bought PayPal shares for pennies or cents or whatever it was, and it grew to like a billion dollars or something crazy like that. Now he doesn't have to pay taxes on any of that. Mm-hmm. So the IRS is like shook, like this nigga condos. So that's essentially why they only let you put 6000 a year into those accounts because they don't want you to get away with not paying taxes. Because if you had $6,000 and put it in Tesla and it blew up, now, like, or even Amazon, like Jeff Bezos, if you're like just buying Amazon stock and it blows up, the IRS is like, dang, we missed out on all these taxes. Whereas if it's pre-tax, like a 401k or a traditional IRA, you will put your money in there. And then when you're pulling it out, and we use that 4% as an example, like I have a million dollars, I'm gonna pull out 4% of that. What is that, like 96,000? Let me do the math. Um, a million. Times like 40 print. Oh, my math. Wow, I must be tipsy. Mm-hmm. So, well, I said 96. There is a reason 96? why. 40,000. The 40,000 actually is like, <laughs> and this is why you need more than a million because 4% of 40, 4% of a million is 40,000. If you divide that by 12, that's 3,000 a month. But at least, um, but you, if you pay taxes on it, that's not three thousand a month. But who's living off of three thousand a month? That's a good point. If we're not living off of three thousand a month right now in twenty twenty two, we probably won't be living off of three thousand a month in twenty sixty. I mean, that's a lot of people that's not living off three thousand a month. Oh, sorry. So this is where we're almost. This is a lot of good information. Damn, I, I feel like every time you come here, you just, you just, you just, you just teach. I, yeah, it's just like I feel like I don't want to. I always, Listen, I never okay. want to be in a place of judgment. Right. You're not judging. You're just giving the numbers. I'm you, giving you, can all, you I can said all, 96. What the fuck was I talking about? But I never heard you curse, but I like that. Um, with that being what said, what was I talking about though? I ain't never heard Dre talk like that. That's what I'm saying. A little spicy. I like that. Um, that's all I heard. Oh, um, tax season is. Really. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Tax season is upon us, and um, I'll be talking to myself in my head. That's crazy. Man. <laughs> You've given a lot of good advice and helpful advice to good people today, but this is the point where you stare, you look directly at them, and then you tell them something about whatever you need to tell them. Last time it was life insurance. Mm-hmm. Time, this time it seems like it's taxes. Guys, I hate taxes. You told us that on your first time here. Yeah, and then I got here and I felt like I was like bamboozled. I was like, damn, we're talking about taxes today? It makes sense. You told us that you wanted to come on here and talk about taxes. I said that? Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Definitely do. We didn't invite you on to talk about taxes. I'm much this was you talking about taxes. Talk talk <laughs> that just solidifies how lit I was. Like, why would I volunteer oh. to talk about taxes? But you did a really good job. Um, well, Amazing. I was really thank, enthused. Thank I'm a you. Nigga and I learned Schedule A, B, C. We all in there. <laughs> a, B, C, D. Okay. All right, so don't hold that against me. So, oh. I, I said that and you said tax oh, season. Uh-huh. But I know I, I know I have to talk about what my thing, but do I don't do taxes anymore. So, I'm Adrian or Dre. I don't do taxes anymore. 
a lot of my financial planning is tax strategy, right? So we make money and we don't want to pay it all to the government. So what can we do to mitigate those risks? And so that's where I come in and help people try to figure out more tax effective ways to save money, whether that be the Roth IRA or the Roth 401k or using life insurance. So those three things, I mean, there are other ways, but being a business owner is the way to have the most creativity when it comes to the taxes. And so that's why people are typically encouraging like, oh, qualified business income deduction. I'm going on a rant. But anyway, if you need any advice on how you make a lot of money, you're trying to figure out tax strategies so you don't owe so much to the IRS or want to learn about investing, insurance, cash flow planning, etc., or just don't know what to do with your finances, I'm your girl. So follow me on Instagram, Adrian Davis CPA. And, or you can send me an email, adrian.davis at nm.com. Um, those are probably the best ways to reach me. Or we could do a three-way text because I'm friendly. <laughs> no, that's not a thing. Three-way texts actually work. Like, yeah. Who's the three-way text? Who, like, you gotta, who's the three-way text? Marcus did that. He did a three-way text for me and I connected. So. Oh, so that's what I'm saying. Are you, are you asking us to do the three-way yeah, text? Yeah, someone hit you up and they're like, hey, I want to work with her. Just right. three-way text me. If that- you, <laughs> you want to work with Dree <laughs> and, you fuck with, and you fuck with what you see, hit one of us and we will three-way text you with Dree. Yes, that actually would be a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right. I know I've, I heard feedback from last time, so... Yeah, I oh, so we got heard a lot of clear. Huh? We got some clients last time? Yes. That's all right. Yes. I got hey. clients. So. Goddamn, high clothes and podcasts. Y'all all right. And I got amazing <laughs> clients. Like, I'm talking boss PG County women. So that's why. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So I ain't that. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I thought I, I thought bad. I thought she was actually talking about other people. No, no. I just feel as though, like, that was really salient advice about life. And I feel as though, like, sometimes we sometimes we be coming here and we be fooling. So, like, when we're not fooling, you guys should take advantage. Because, yeah. like, this is really good life advice that, you know, we, we can all use. No matter mm-hmm. where we're at, no matter who we are, we can all use it. So Yeah, they don't teach it in school. So, I, I love, so, my job is so hard because finances are so important but people don't want to talk about it and my job is to money makes people people so uncomfortable so imagine i'm having uncomfortable conversation with people all day every day and so that takes a toll but i know that it's not about me i know that i think i've talked about this before but a lot of people the only financial advisor they know could be me right like it's like a black woman who is similar to you and understands the things like I like nice things. I didn't I I thought about that when I was getting dressed, but I was like, I don't wanna overdo it. I got my braids though, so very authentic. <laughs> Damn, y'all, y'all the clowns. The clowns. No, like, that y'all, just like, y'all are clowning me. me. No, you say authentic. I have said like, nothing. I have said nothing. You do not listen, finish what you were saying. But 
I just love, um, I had a meeting today and we just went through the 401k and it was so valuable to me to be able to bring that knowledge to somewhere. It's like, I don't really understand what's going on here. And we went through it and she left having an understanding. And that's what makes it special to me where I'm helping people. We don't see it on the day to day. It's like we might change someone's investments today. They're not really going to see that impact until 30 years down the line when they're ready for retirement. They're like, oh shit, like I moved my money out of the G fund and it was making nothing. And now I'm in the stock market and I made a hundred thousand a million. So that's what I like to do and why I do it. So that's my Make purpose. some noise for Dre. <laughs> also, be a client. She's good work. <sighs> Definitely great work. Yay. Yay. You guys are great. Y'all um, are great interviewers. It's, oh. That's a talent. It's like you just got to ask good questions. You it's not that easy to ask a question. <laughs> it's not. Wait, it, what you said, it's not that easy? It's not that easy. No, it's not. Like for you to come up with different questions during the thing.